That last kid, one of the second to last kid, has my heart. He's talking about flip flops. Yeah, I'm, I'm a flip flop guy. But uh, welcome this morning. I'm glad that you're here. My name is Matt. If you're visiting with us this morning for the children's dedication, or you just trying trying churches out, or you just visiting this morning, I want to say I want to say welcome again. I know that's been reiterated a couple times, but um, at Connection, what you're going to see this morning is uh, quite frankly one of the most exciting things that we get to do. Um, at Connection, when we, when we dedicate our children. Now, dedication of our children doesn't do anything spiritually other than it, it's basically a charge. And when I, when, I, when I say charge, it's the charge on us, the church, that we are going to help along with these parents. And some of you will help some of the parents in raising up children that follow God. Uh, next week, we start a sermon series that I have been waiting a long time to do, and I cannot wait. Um, if you want to if you're listening online or you don't go to church here regularly, our, all those sermons are going to be uploaded to our website. Um, we're going to talk about discipleship and what Jesus says about discipleship, and we're going to get deep in it about why, the what's, why's, where's, and when's of discipleship. Um, and there's, there's nothing that can compare to parents discipling their kids. 
There's nothing that can get any more eternally valuable than a parent who follows Christ to teach their kids why they follow God, why they should, what God has done with them. Uh, so if you're, if, you're, if you're interested in discipleship, if you, it, even if you're not interested, I think you'll be interested. Okay, come and find out what Jesus says about discipleship, what we're to do about discipleship, and, and take that journey with us as we, as we go. Um, we, this morning is really fun. We're going to be in a very strange named book uh, in the Bible. We're going to be in Deuteronomy. Um, and if you want to look at your table of contents, or it's, a, it's the fifth book in the Old Testament, starting from the beginning of Genesis. But if you want to turn there, we're going to be in the sixth chapter. Uh, if you have your phone, you can do it really quick uh, and pick a translation that you want. I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation this morning. It's a little bit easier to understand. Um, and again, if you're sitting beside somebody and you have your Bible and you're flipping open, you say, I can't find Deuteronomy. Go to the table of contents, or if you see somebody with a connection shirt on, say, hey, where's this at? Okay, help, help, them, help them find it. They can help you. Um, why is it important that we even raise our children to follow God in the first place? Why, why is it important? Um, because here's the natural progression of things. The parents have a very limited, and I know, I know that some of us, we, we, we are understanding how fast time goes. Uh, if you saw Facebook and Mary's post last night, and she said, and just like that, Emma's going to her first dance. Emma's in fifth grade. If you also saw my response, which some of you did, and on the very bottom of it, it says, and just like that, I'm chaperoning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. And I'll continue to do so whenever that opportunity arises, okay? <laughs> That's not a joke. That's not a joke at all. So, but why, what does this, raise them up to send them out. And we, we have a very, very small, we have a very small amount of time that we have our children in our house or that we're around them. Or if you have a, if you have a, a, a split household or the kids go different places, you even, you have even less time of an impact. So that's why it's so important that we, that we teach our children what God has done for us, why it's important. Listen, we're talking about eternal stuff here. This isn't, this isn't stuff that, oh, there's no consequences after next week. This is eternal. We're raising our kids up. And, and the, the natural progression biblically on this is we raise them up while they're with us, and then it gets scary. We send them out. That's, that's the hard part. That's the scary part. Because we, if, you're, if you're an adult in here and you've experienced any type of life at all, you understand that, the li- that life is not fair. The other day I was teaching, and, and, uh, and Lydia was, was playing a game in, in class, and, and she got out. And she did what all second graders do. You didn't touch me. I didn't get out. And I said, you're out. And she, and she got mad. She's like, whatever. And she sat down, and I said, when somebody tags you, you're out. And there was another kid in class who said, well, you're awful hard on Emma. I said, no, I'm just asking her to follow the rules. There's going to be disappointment in life. She got out. Fine. The best hitters in the major league in the Hall of Fame got out seven out of ten times. And the best season ever, he got out six out of ten times. So we, we have to understand that we have to prepare our children for success, but we also have to prepare our children when they fail or they fall, or somebody else or something in their life affects them negatively. How do you get through that? That's when your stories, your testimonies of what God has brought you through. There are some people in here currently, right now, that one day, 
you're going to give advice to your kids, and it's going to sound something like this. Your kids, your children are going to come to you, they're going to call you on the phone, say, Mom, Dad, I'm having trouble in my marriage. I'm having trouble here. And I promise you, God is going to give you those words at that moment. But here's the deal. You're going to probably, there's not a, there's not a married person in here that hasn't gone through an argument. And there's nobody in here that lives in marriage Disneyland. Okay, you argue. Okay, and now you're going to, well, babe, honey, whatever you call your kids, it's, this is how God helped us. This is what got us through. And you're going to be able to give out of testimony of your life how to teach them. It's a never-ending process. The process is done when you die. That's it. It's, that's it. That's what we're going to talk about next week. Discipleship should not stop until you die at all. Whether you're, whether you're mentoring uh, by your teaching or you're, you're teaching people at work or you're, 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 uh, you're teaching your children or however, however that is. Or if you, if you teach in a Sunday school room or if, you, if you're in a, a small group, or if, you're, if you're teaching, it shouldn't ever end. There's a bigger purpose. Kids are, kids are fun. I like kids. I enjoy kids. One of my favorite, as a PE teacher, the, my favorite class in the entire world to teach is, you ready? Kindergarten. Usually the first couple days of PE, we do something that is just hysterical funny. They run, okay, literally, they start on one end of the floor and they run to the other end. Are you ready? Ready? And they do five, they, ju- they just show me with no instructions at all. I said, I want to see five jumping jacks. I literally have seen kids do this. They don't have any instruction, okay? Some of them, now some of them come, they're like, yeah, man. And I'm like, okay, you probably work out at home. And you're five, okay? <laughs> but some of them, most of them do not have that. Why, why do they not have that? Because mom and dad probably have worked with numbers, probably have worked with letters, probably have worked with sounds. But jumping jacks probably is not on the radar. Okay? Because I don't, I don't like doing jumping jacks. I like the effects of working out. I, don't like, I still don't like to work out. Okay, um, so what we're doing is we're, we're training our children, and there's, there's probably not a bigger responsibility that you have as a parent than that, is raising our children up to follow Christ. What a responsibility for the parents, and what a responsibility for the church. When you, when, the people that are a part of Connection, being a part of a multiplying church, okay, multiplying means we're going to make disciples that make disciples, okay, multiplying. Being a part of a, a multiplying church, we teach our children how to follow God so that one day, the, as they grow into adulthood, all of a sudden we look back and spiritually there are generations after generations after generations of people that have been affected by our discipleship, and it starts with us. If, you, if your parents did not put into you spiritually, it doesn't have to be that way with you. Begin. Put into them spiritually. If you didn't have the best home life, I'm, I'm truly... I'm sorry. If, you, if, if God wasn't talked about or God was just resented in your household, it doesn't have to be that way right now with you. Start. Begin. What, what does that mean? It means literally sitting on the... If you want to have a great time, ask some five and six-year-olds what they want to pray for. That, that video is on the money. I have, I have prayed. I've told you guys that I have prayed fire down from heaven that I would find Minnie Mouse that got lost in our house because Lydia was not going to sleep without Minnie Mouse. And I did. I called down. I don't know how Elijah prayed, but I, I, I was trying. 
And I said, God, you got to find, we have to find this Minnie Mouse, and I need, I need, in Jesus' name, I need Minnie Mouse, please, Jesus. And we found it. And people think, that's so, that's so small. It wasn't small to my little girl. And it definitely wasn't small to me and my wife, because if she had it, she went to sleep. And if she did not, we did not sleep. And that's a big deal. <laughs> we, are, we are to equip our kids. I love that word. We are to equip our kids. As they, go from, as they go from grade school to middle school and middle school to high school and high school to college and college to life. We, they, there's steps. And even if you didn't do one of those things, if you didn't graduate high school, if you didn't go to college, but whatever, go, you stepped into marriage, whatever that is, it doesn't mean that you don't have life experiences that you can't teach. And see, we're going to dedicate some littler children, some younger people today, but there are some youth in here, young adults, and maybe some young married people that still have parents that the Bible says that we should honor our mom and dad. And if they, and we have to, we, moms and dads, we have to be, we have to be living our life as a, as a role model that that is deserving of being called. See, we, we are, this world is desperate for you to raise your children to follow Christ. Desperate. This, just this community, just this community is desperate. For God's love. Now, the thing is, they don't know that they're desperate. They don't know that that's what they need. But we do. I don't care if you work construction. I don't care if you work in a grocery store. I don't care if you teach. Whatever you do, there are people that you come in contact with that are desperate for what you have in here if you're a follower of Christ. They're desperate. They're eternally desperate. There's no amount of money. There's no gold in Fort Knox. There's no any automobile that you can give them that will fix the hole here. The only thing that fixes the hole is Jesus and what he did for us. So this morning, as we look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we're, we're talking about these, these children, um, we're talking about adults first. Look, at, look with me at uh, these verses. I'm going to read through this, and, and then we'll go back through them. It says in verse 5, And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Look at, look at this verse. Look at verse 7. We're going to go back over this in a minute. Look at verse 7 real quick. Repeat them again and again to your children. Repetition. There's not a single person that has played in the major leagues that has not had repetition in their muscle memory for their baseball swing. There's nobody that plays professional tennis that does not have repetition on their serves. If you, if you play golf, you better be in repetition or you're going to hit, try to hit a ball this way and it goes this way. If, if, you, if, you've ne- if, if, you, if you've never played golf, raise your hand. If you've never played golf. Okay, if you have played golf, raise your, raise your hand. Okay, keep holding your hands up if you are awesome. Look at this. <laughs> See, you can, you can watch Phil Mickelson, and you can stand right here with his, one of his trick shots, and he's got like this wedge that like lays flat, and he can like take a full swing, and he goes right over you. Don't stand in front of me when I do that. You're going to wear one somewhere right here, Okay. It's repetition. And we, listen, we do so many things with repetition that aren't biblical. We, and, then we, and then we fail to repeat and be repetitive about what God says. And that's a, that's a problem. Okay? And we're all guilty, but that's a problem. Look at verse 8. Or he goes on. He says, talk, talk to them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. In verse 8, <laughs> it doesn't say tie your kids up. Okay, watch. It says, tie them to your hands, not tie their hands together. Okay, this is not, okay. 
Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, this is, this is exceptionally important, and we're going to go back over these in just a minute. But if you, if you have your worship hand, I want you to open it up to the, to the first blank. Look at this. As far as parents go, God expects our relationship with him to be one worth following. As a, as a parent, this is, this is your job. I told you last week, I, I admitted that, that, uh, that, I, that I got angry at Emma, and then she got angry in a disagreement with her sister, and I got on to her for acting that way. And then she told me that she, and I, and I realized that she was just acting like I did. And that was very difficult for me as a parent. Because I knew at that instant that I had, I had, I had failed in, in that aspect of showing her that you can deal with problems without getting upset like I did. I suffered from anger. For my entire life, I've suffered with anger, and, and God has really helped me move on with that. But the, it's like spiritual whack-a-mole, right? Whack-a-mole. Bang. Got that one covered. Boom. Bang. Boom. By the way, have you seen the real-life version of whack-a-mole? I'll post a video today on Facebook. But there's a person... That stands in the middle, and there are holes. And it's like this high, and, and this person is surrounded by, by a, a, a bin full of balls. And there's people that are running around underneath with PVC pipe, and they're popping up, and they take a ball, and they go back down. What a, what a great game. It's real life. You, bang, bang. <laughs> it's fun. But when we do that spiritually, we say, hey, I got this under control, and then this one pops up. And one of these days, your kid is going to come to you and say, hey, I've really been dealing with this. I think I've really got this under control, and then this shows up. I really feel like I've got my finances in a row, and now I can't quit arguing with my spouse. I really can't. I'm stopped arguing with my spouse now, and now we're having financial difficulty. And we got that, that, we got that covered, and we got that covered. Car breaks down. Okay, it, doesn't, it doesn't stop. Okay, there's, there's people that have been married for, for a very short time and a very long time in here right now. Very, many years of experience, and you know that it doesn't stop. It doesn't quit. But we have to. God expects. That's a huge word. He doesn't, he doesn't say, hey, can you live your life for me? He command, Jesus commands it. Commands. C- commands. Go, here, here's the deal. We have a young man that's going to be going to the Marine Corps, or going to boot camp later this month. How do you think this would go over? That person receives a command to do 20 push-ups, and he says, I don't feel like it. My uncle told the story. My uncle was a Marine. He was a sergeant in the Marine Corps in the, during the Persian Gulf War. And, and he said, he goes, one of the funniest stories that I've ever heard is one of my buddies got mouthy one time with a drill instructor. <laughs> and uh, he said, you know, it was all fun and games until the drill instructor made him guard a trash can for 24 hours. He goes, that'll take it out of you. Yeah. God commands. He expects our relationship. To be one worth following. Now, this is not, you need to follow better, you need to follow better, you need to follow better, you're not as good as me. That's not it. Jesus is looking here in you. You have to be one worth following. This should be a question that we ask ourselves every single day, every single evening. Is there anything that I did today that glorified your name? Is there anything that I need to work on today that I I did wrong? Every single day. Paul says this. He says, I die to myself every single day. Let me tell you that. It's, tell you something, ready? It's multiple times a day. You go 30 seconds. Man, I had a good 30 seconds, and then you blow the next 10 minutes. Our, our God expects us to have a life worth living. Children are great imitators. They are. 
They're really fun. Kindergarten PE, I, I get really awesome questions. Like one kid had a black shirt on and his buddy behind him had a red shirt on. And they were in the midst of us exercising. They were playing their own game. This little boy, his name's Cole, he comes up to me and goes, can you call me the Black Power Angel? I said, the Black Power Ranger. Yep. And he's the wed one. I said, okay, I can do that. His mom, I see his mom last night. She goes, did my son ask you to call him the Black Power Ranger? And I said, yeah, we were having fun. She goes, oh, just th- this kid just won't stop. If you could harness his energy, you could power this building. Okay? He's, he's, but they're imitators. What, what was he doing? He, was, he would put his arms back. Sometimes he's Batman. They're very good. Imi- they put his arms back to look like a cape. Um, we have to make sure that they don't use their shirt. Sometimes they just like to I mean, just, just fly. Okay, they're used to being home. But they're good imitators. And one of them came up the other day. He goes, I want to be Spider-Man today. And I said, gotcha. And he goes, no, you can't get me. <laughs> You're like, Mr. Griswold, like Spider-Man. Cool. We're to act correctly. And when we were talking about acting and being being having a relationship with him that's, that's one worth following, we need to make sure that we include this. Then this is tough as adults. We are to give them a relationship. Our relationship should be, should be copied and it should be looked at as we were following, worthwhile to imitate. But this also includes how you show your children how to apologize, how to give grace, and how to accept it. We talked last week that in my life and probably in yours, the, the majority of the time that I learned the biggest lessons in my life is when I failed. It wasn't the good days. It wasn't the, the, the days when everything went well. It was when, when things would come up and it was, you have to trust God. You have to get there. So what better example was it for me, and I'm not, I'm not bragging, I don't mean that arrogantly, but for me to, to teach Emma is to go to her and to apologize to an eight-year-old, or to, Emma's not eight. Yes, she is. No, she's not. She's 10. No, she's not. Yes, she is. She just turned 10. So <laughs> go, go, to, go to Emma. Go to Emma and say, I'm sorry. And some of us walk around, I don't need to apologize to a 10-year-old, however old she is. I don't have to apologize to an eight-year-old. I don't have to apologize to a seven-year-old. I'm a parent. Listen, how are they going to understand how to give grace if nobody ever gives them an opportunity to give grace? See, we are commanded. We are told God expects us. What about this? What about if we walked around and everybody in our relationships that we have, they just, we didn't, we didn't forgive them and we just, we just went on. What if we looked in here and God did the same thing with you? Oh, no, that's not fair. Hey, if you've been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed on the cross, you have no choice but to forgive people. No choice. If there's two things that we can do in this life that will matter, you love people like Jesus loves you, and to be kind. In a world like we live in now, that's exceptionally magnetic and completely unusual. It's different. The Bible calls us a peculiar people. If you love people and are kind, you're going to be different. Why not give them why not give them and show them how to imitate that? Look back at Deuteronomy 6, uh, verse 5. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. I was going over this, and I was remembering back to the, 
to the, the days in the, in the primary center. When, when we didn't have the cool band and it was, you had to put up with me for two songs and we did two I worship songs. And I remember, we got this one and I'm like, love Lord you go with all your heart. All your soul. And we had all these motions and different things uh, going on and, and, I, and I, I, I studied deeper into this. I'm like, okay, heart, soul, strength. Okay, God says heart, soul, and strength because he's wanting us to serve him in absolutely all aspects of your life. If you like to shoot a bow, fine. If you like to work on cars, fine. If you like to clean things, fine. If you, whatever hobby you do outside of a regular job, God wants that too. It's your bait. God's already given you a hook with Jesus. He's given you the hook. Your bait is to attract someone like this. If, if, I, if I took a couple of you guys that really like baseball, and we went and we were in a, another group of guys somewhere else, and this guy had a, a jersey on, the, the, a Major League Baseball team, that's our, that's our hook. That's our bait. Of, hey, it's a common ground that doesn't share about Christ. And he's saying you need to love your God with all of your heart, all of your soul. All of your strength. In Matthew 22, Jesus says the same thing. Jesus says that loving God with all of ourselves is the greatest commandment. And the second one is to love your neighbor. They're both love. They're both love. Love. Do your kids know how to love because you've taught them? This is a hard question. Do your kids know how to love? How do they love? Do they love unconditionally? See, in, the, in this world that we live in, there's, there's racism and there's all kinds of stuff that we don't like these people because of this. We don't like these people because of this. Do they know how to love unconditionally? Humans are humans. Look at verse 6. And you must commit yourselves, adults, here you go. You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands I'm giving you today. So he says this. Not only does God want all of you, all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. I'm not joking. (laughs) He says you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Wholeheartedly. All in. All in. I'm all in. Jesus says, he, he, challenges, he challenges this in the, in the New Testament, and I, by challenging, I mean he, he challenges other people, and he says what's known in, if you study theology, if you study the Bible, they're known as some of the hard sayings of Jesus, and they're not easy to hear. The young man comes up to him and says, Jesus, I want to follow you, but my dad just died. Can I go bury my dad first? And Jesus says, no. No, let the dead bury their own dead. And it seems completely out of whack with what we think. And he says, he says no. You can't do that. Let the dead bury their dead. Let the dead bury the dead. He said, no man that puts his hand to the plow can, is fit to look back. We're going this way. We're not going this way. We're going this way. That's all in. When you read about Jesus, I'm going through the, uh, the, um, the 12, uh, the, the book, 12 something men, 12, I forget it. What is it? Yeah, 12 ordinary yeah, word men, thank you. 12 ordinary men, going through that book this, uh, this, in this season with a, a guy that I'm mentoring. And, and we get to where he calls uh, James and John. It's awesome. Jesus, uh, let, me, let me show you the story. Are you ready? James and John, 
Working on the net is how you work on a net. I don't know how you work on a net. You work on a net. And their, and their dad, Zebedee, is over here. And probably these, these, two, these guys are younger. They're, they're great workers. They're strong. And they literally work today to eat tomorrow. Okay, this is important. So Jesus comes strolling by. <laughs> he goes, hey, guys, I want you to come with me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. First of all, they have no clue at all what he just said. And in Scripture, this is what you don't find. But, 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 no arguments. That's right. But, 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 but. That's right. Good job. Can't wait to see what God does with that child. No buts. It says that they left and they followed him. Period. They, by doing that, they literally said, I am giving you everything that I am. All of my life, all of my time, all of everything. I fully commit myself to you. To the point of death to the point of death you we have to commit ourselves until our life is over to the furthering of the gospel you and i sitting here today are benefactors of people that gave their life for the gospel and to teach other people to multiply it to make other disciples we are here because of them we do not have the option we do not have the option to stop because your kids need it Here's the deal. We raise up our kids. Do you have any idea how much your kids can impact their friends? I remember being in, being in grade school. My sister comes home. She goes, she goes uh, Dad, I'm, I'm, this girl is having, she has questions about God. And my sister was like 11 or 12 years old. She goes, she has questions about God, and, and I, I don't think she's a Christian. Jennifer comes home one day, and she says, Dad, well, we were waiting in the gym before school. This girl comes up to me, and, and she, was, she was talking about God, and I got to lead her to Christ at school. <laughs> Do you not think that that impacts the kingdom if you raise your kids like that? Holy smoke. She, commit yourselves wholeheartedly, and it's so hard to do. Look at the next blank on your worship handout. Look at this. How often do you take time to explain to younger people the importance of honoring God? This is huge. I want to show you how big this is. You ready? This is an interactive part of the sermon. You get to do some exercises, okay? I want you to raise your hand if your life has been impacted for the better by someone that was older than you, and I'm not even talking spiritually, putting into your life and helping you. How many people does that affect? Look. (laughs) It's everybody, okay? How often do we take that time? I, I was in a Bible study on, uh, on uh, what is that, Friday night. And it was just a group of, of guys, and I was talking about my trip to Africa, and we were talking about hobbies. And, and this one guy says, whenever I was in my early 20s, I had a man, and, he, and some of you know him. His name is Jerry Wilson, coached basketball at Wayne City for a long time. And he said, Jerry Wilson would take me fishing. And he goes, I had no idea that we weren't just fishing. He said, while we were fishing, Jerry was sharing with me about what God had done in his life. And he goes, I can't even remember any fish that I caught. He goes, I know that we caught a lot of fish, but I can't remember a single, a single one specifically. But what I can remember is, is he faithfully asking me to go fish. And he goes, I just wanted to go fish. But what he did, he was, he was mentoring. He was discipling him. 
He was showing them what God had done in his life and how he had changed his life. And as a result, this man, watch, this man is now in his almost 60s. And he said, and I looked in the mirror the other day, and now it's me putting in. And he goes, it didn't seem like it was that long. It was 40 years ago. It doesn't seem that long ago. See, it, it, it doesn't stop. That's important. And he goes, how can I sit here and absorb all those blessings and not pass them on? He said, that's not what God called me to do. I said, you're exactly right. It's to keep going. What can we teach this next generation? How can we put into their lives? When's the last time that you had, you just, just walk by somebody and said, hey, how's, how's high school going? It's been a while since I've been there. <laughs> Is it still hard? It will be different. The times have changed a little bit. But I guarantee you this, some of the same struggles that you had in high school still exist. Still. What kind of mentor could we do or could we be? Look at the next verse. Verse 7. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them where you're at. When you're at home, when you're on the road, when you are going to bed, and when you are getting up. One of the, one of the coolest times of the day for me is right before bed when I get to pray with my girls. It's, it's, it's awesome because it's an intimate time where the, I just get to listen to them, just talk to God. And they talk to God like he is, which he is, but they just talk to him like he's their best friend, which he is. And somehow we've lost that as adults. God, I want this. God, I want this. Would you please tell that person to quit doing that? Would you please quit telling them? No. God, you're good. You can't not be good. I want to glorify your name. What a beautiful name it is. I almost started running laps around the church why because when you understand what a beautiful name is when you understand that the name of jesus is not just a name it's a name above all names when you understand that 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 man that or that part of the godhead became man and he was absolutely perfect and he took everything every bit of my junk and he hung on a cross and he paid for it yeah his name is beautiful he changed my life why do we not want to pass that on? Repeat them again and again to your children. I promise this. My kids have heard this. Whenever they get into a fight and they don't use nice words, and I know your kids all fight using nice words. Mine don't. So I'll say, did you say something to her that wasn't kind? I guarantee you they heard that a thousand times. Yes. Why? I don't know. She was in my room. She stole my hairbrush. Whatever. Whatever it is. But I promise this. We, we talked to Emma. And she, you know, she's, getting, she's in fifth grade. She's getting a little bit older. And, you know, there'll be kind of, she's a girl. Drama. Girls. Okay. And she'll go, what am I supposed to do when this happens? That's a beautiful question. She'll say, what do you think? It's not just a, here, Dad, give me the answer. That's not how you teach somebody. Okay? It's, let me, what do you think? How do you fix it? Well, I'm supposed to be nice to him. Okay, that's a good start. Because what does Jesus say? He says to love him. And what else? To be kind. <laughs> Is it hard? Adults? Yeah. Yeah, you work with these people, don't you? These, these children grow up to be the adults that we work with, don't they? I know you work with angels wherever you work. You walk in, hey, guys. How you doing, buddy? Got you some coffee. No, you don't. 
unless you work alone, <laughs> okay? Then you're talking to yourself, okay? It's okay, just don't answer yourself that often. Look at the next two verses. Look at verse 8. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Wear this, I wear this, I wear this bracelet. I've worn this for the last uh, couple months. And it reminds me, it's, 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 a, it's the plan of salvation. It's talking about brokenness and sin and what the gospel does. And it reminds me, every time I look down at it and I'm somewhere, God reminds me, there's somebody, there's somebody that you can have this conversation with in Kroger, in Aldi's, in Walmart. If you're deer hunting, wherever you are, Matt, this reminds me, there's a people that have, that have tattoos on their, on their hands or on their arms. And when they look down at them, uh, one of my favorite ones is, is, is a semicolon. It means a sentence could have ended, but it didn't. It's beautiful because it's, I, I can relate to that one because I battled depression a lot and my life could have stopped, but it didn't. And the, 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 just that awesome reminder of looking down and going, but God, but God, write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. <laughs> he's, not, he's not promoting graffiti, okay? He's, he's, not, he's not saying, go spray paint your neighbor's house, John three sixteen to share the gospel. No, he's not, okay? don't do that okay what he's saying is what do you have in your house that reminds your children of, of your walk with Christ what do you what do you what do they what do your kids see you reading do they see you reading this Dr. Charles Stanley the pastor of First Baptist in Atlanta uh, um, he, anyway he pastors that and I, I was in a I was in a conference with with his son Andy and Andy said, my dad, uh, throughout his ministry, which is still going, but throughout his ministry is, one of his goals was that his children would find him praying. And the question was asked from the crowd, did you ever find him praying? He said, often. Do you know what kind of impact that has when your kids find you praying? It's real. It's real. Look at the last, look at the last blank, and then we'll get with the, into the dedication this morning. It says, our children will grow up to reflect us. This is a very sharp question. What does it look, what will that look like? I don't like answering this question some days either. Are your children, as mu- guys, as much as you don't want to, and as much as my dad argues with me about me saying this, my dad is acting more and more like my grandfather every day. My sister is saying amen silently in the back. As much, as much as we're like, ooh, you am not. Because he was that way, and he was that way, and it was this, and I'm not stubborn like him, really. You're having this argument saying that you're not stubborn like him, and you're being stubborn. <laughs> See, but spiritually, but spiritually, the reflection that my dad has of my grandfather, spiritually, I don't know very many people that love and are as kind as my father. I just don't. He, if you know him, he's one of those people. He's kind. He loves. And that is a reflection of my grandparents. And if you knew them, you understand that. They loved people. What, what are your kids going to look like? What, what are they gonna, what's their reflection on this life? If I can have the families of Kai, Hunter, Alexis, Joe, and Madison, Joe... Come on down. If we're still in here. Kai? Yeah. Hunter? Alexis and Maddie. Now, if you're a family member, if you're a family member, um, you can feel free to come and take, take pictures. Yeah, that'll be good. There you go. There you go. 
Can I hold you, dude? Come here, man. Oh, can you say hi to everybody? This is Kai, and you're going to think this is really cool, because as you can see, well, can you smile for everybody, or is he? Isn't this fun? Oh. This is Kai Lamar Fagans. Ashton Felty and Kendrick, Kendrick Fagans are his mommy and daddy. Can you smile? I love his name. K-A-I is how you spell Kai. And when I, yeah. when I was doing, uh, I do a word study on their names to see, to see what they mean. And uh, Kai is actually from Old Latin. And as you can tell, he's not crying. His name means literally happy. Um, so that's always good, isn't it? Yeah? Well, I'm going to pray for you. Was that okay with you, Kai? I think that's a yes. Andy, Andy and, Amer- and Amanda Garrison are his grandparents. Dennis and Pam Richardson are great-grandparents. And this young man has a great-great-grandma named Doris that's here. Uh, Jason Seth are his uncles. And uh, what Kai likes to do, he's just, he's just a happy little dude. He's <laughs> Ooh, all right, can I pray for you, buddy? All right, let's pray with me. God, we just pray for this young man. We pray, God, that you would uh, empower the adults in his life, that we would reflect you in a manner that Kai would grow up following, and God, that he might be a mighty warrior for your kingdom, that many lives would be changed by the love of Jesus, by this young man. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Here you go, bud. Come on. (laughs) He wants the microphone. When I had my long beard, that was always the, I'm like, ooh, ow. Can you come here? okay. Can you do knuckles? There's a lot of people. This is Hunter. Hunter Kua. Kua. He's almost two. Uh, Drew and Brittany are hopefully going to have him all to themselves very soon. Um, now, this, is, this, is, this didn't shock me. Now, I like Hunter's name. Check this out. I, lo- I literally Googled what hunter means. I was astonished at what it said. <laughs> One who hunts for food. <laughs> Good. A vegetarian is the name of a poor hunter. So <laughs> some of you will get that like 3 o'clock this afternoon. Hunter loves to play with his Toy Story toys. He's adventurous. L- little man's adventurous. And he gets into a lot of things. And he loves playing with his sister. He loves to be tickled. I don't, but he does. Drew and Brittany are hoping to adopt Hunter very, very soon. Would you pray with me? Hunter, can I put my hand on your shoulder, buddy? All right, cool. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this young man and his family. God, we just pray that Hunter grows up um, being taught by the people of this church how to be a follower of you. God, that he may understand the deepest impact of the gospel. God, that he may take it to the corners of this earth. That he would be impactful for eternity and for your name. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's right. That's right. You guys want to come over here? All right. Hey. Uh, This is a maybe because she's not a fan of me. No. No. Here, Lexi, come here. 
This, Alexis Joe, she's seven. She's going to be like this tall when she's like nine, okay? Brett and Whitney Waldman, I studied your name. Have you ever studied your name to see what it means? No. Uh, this is pretty cool because these two girls are buddies. And by I mean buddies, they're friends, okay? Now watch what your name means. You ready? Because big sisters are, are supposed to take care of their younger kids, the younger sisters, right? Now watch this. Your name means protector. So you're the big sister protector. That's what, that's what your name means. Um, you like to play soccer, softball, go to band practice, um, and she likes going to church. Uh, she loves to ride on her scooter at Grammy and Pa's house. Um, you have a lot of fun with that? Yeah? Yeah? You really enjoy the Kids Rock program back there? Yeah. You go hang out back there? Pretty cool teachers? Yeah. Let me pray for you, okay? God, we just pray for this young lady. And then we pray for Whitney and Brett and their, and their family, God, that they would, they would raise this young lady to be a mighty, mighty warrior for your kingdom. God, that they would be able to reflect your love that she can follow. God, that they take spiritual footsteps that she can put her feet in and learn. And God, that you would just do wonderful things and you would impact many lives. And God, that our church would also be there to put into this young lady that we teach her and help her grow. And we love you. We thank you for your, your son. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. I don't know how long this is going to last. Madison Joe. Hi. Oh, we're going to be. No, we're not. No. No. Now, I like Madison's name because in the root word, when you study it in the Greek or the Latin or, or the, its origin, Madison is very, very similar back when you do it to Matthew. And it has, actually has the same meaning. Some people would argue with mine, but they want her. Her name means gift of God. Madison loves, see how we smile, we like to smile, and she loves to get into everything that she should not. <laughs> I don't know if you had a kid like that or an age like that, but yes, I too. So she loves being busy. You're a constantly moving, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. She also likes to get up in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh, bless you. <laughs> Let me pray for you, okay? Okay. Dear God, we thank you for Madison. We thank you, God, for her parents and her family. And we just pray, God, that one day um, we may, we will we'll celebrate her coming forward with her decision to follow you. God, that she follow you in baptism. And that both of these young ladies may, may grow up, God, and just be a part of a family that loves you first. And God, that they would just understand what a beautiful name Jesus is. God, we thank you for the gift of these children and their families. We're so blessed. We thank you, God. In your name we pray. Amen. Would you bow with me for prayer and we'll be dismissed. God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you, God, that how you move in our lives. We're thankful, God, that, that you have given us Jesus. We thank, we thank you, God, that you've given us an example in this story, in this verses of Scripture in Deuteronomy, that there is no thing to do except all in. God, if we're followers, would you, would you help us, God, move to a point in our lives where we can set aside all other things and say, God, I am all in. Everything I have is yours. Use me. Send me. God, would you charge this church 
this morning, me included, God, that we would give of our lives to impact these young people and the other young people in our church. God, that we would give of our time, that we would sacrifice even our money and our everything else, that, that we would just be used to impact their life greatly so that they may impact your kingdom greatly. God, these children are going to touch people in their lives that I'll never meet. Just ask God that we be the reflection that they need to follow, that we be the people that you called, that we be the people that are holy, that love, that are kind, that are set apart, peculiar, and just different than this world, that people that do not know you find magnetic. God, we love you, and we are so thankful to be able to be here with you and to worship you and to sing about how beautiful your name is. God, we love you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.